Today on Lockdown Blue Jackets, uh, we're going to be talking about a prospect that you might not have heard a lot about. Uh, I've got Will Scouch from Scouching here, and we're going to be talking all about Connor Bedard and whether he would fit in on the Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly about your favourite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit subscribe over there, please feel free to do so. It helps you out. It helps me out. Everybody wins. I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Like I said in the intro, uh, today we're talking all about Conor Bedard. We're starting our draft coverage, and uh, I thought, hey, let's start with the number one pick, the guy that everyone is losing for, um, and someone that could potentially be a Blue Jacket come July. So uh, I've got Will Scouch of Scouching here. We're going to be talking all about Conor Bedard, and uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Again, the Blue Jackets are once again in the hunt for that lottery pick. So I thought, hey, let's start some draft profiles. Let's start looking at some of the kids that could maybe be a Blue Jacket uh, come July. And uh, who better to kick things off than uh, Will Scouch of Scouching, who uh, has come to tell us all about uh, a very obscure prospect, one that you maybe haven't heard of. Uh, I thought we'd uh, talk about Conor Bedard today. I guess we could too. I, I've heard of him. Yeah, I've seen him a few times. Yeah, he's he's okay. I've heard. You know, de- yeah, decent. So kid. they say. Yeah, um, so they say. Just a just one little record breaking uh, world <laughs> world juniors tournament. Uh, he's uh, leading the entire CHL in scoring by a significant amount. I'm pretty sure. So uh, let's yeah let's get right into it. Um, how, Connor Bedard, how good is he? Uh, I mean, he is certainly, I think, one of the most dangerous offensive players we've seen. And in, at least in the years I've been doing really detailed data work and everything, he is for sure the best player I've seen in the years I've done, which is since 2020. I I remember watching Jack Hughes. You know, I think there are certain things that Jack Hughes brings that Connor Bedard doesn't, but there are lots of things that Connor Bedard brings that I think Jack Hughes either has taken a long time to figure out and get to hit on his level, but he's still not there. You know, I, I go as far back as like an Austin Matthews as like the last, last sort of Connor Bedard-esque level prospect we're talking about here. Um, there's just, once the puck's in the offensive zone, especially, there's just so, so much that he does so, so well. He transports it up the ice extremely well at the junior level, and I feel like he'll do it at the NHL level really, really well as well. Um, there's just so much that he does so well. And again, like once you're in the offensive zone, I think we saw at the off at the World Juniors, like once he has some better comp, better, better teammates with him, he's just like 
it seemed like every single time he touched the puck, he did something that could have led to a scoring chance or did lead to a scoring chance. And so that's, that's rare. Right. And I think that that's kind of what sets him apart. Yeah, for sure. I feel like even like you said, until since 2020, I remember doing some kind of preliminary 2020 draft research and people even then were like, okay, this year's not great. The next year's better, but it's the year after that, that you really want to mm-hmm. really want to focus on. Um, and obviously things change. Some guys pan out, some guys don't. It feels like Bedard is, and this this sounds stupid to say about someone who's literally seventeen years old, but <laughs> as of as of right now, he's he's living up to the hype. Uh, he seems like a really exciting player that could maybe turn a franchise around. It, he wouldn't hurt. Uh, it it's going to be very interesting to see where he lands. I think it'll be very interesting to see what position he plays in the NHL. But I don't think it really matters. I, I think it's just going to be about what works for him to help him play the way he plays, which is offense, 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 offense. And he's a guy that, you know, I think a lot of people talk about his shot and his release and his ability to score from all over the offensive zone. But he's so much more than that. I think that's just most of what you see in in the in the Q, in the in the WHL when he's there, because um, he basically has carte blanche to do anything he wants. Like he can just get away with a lot. Um, and he tries a lot, um, but you see, and you see flashes of a lot of like puck distribution and playmaking, but then in, at the world junior, especially you saw how he can thread passes through traffic. He had some beautiful offensive entry passes that were placed perfectly for a streaking line mate going up the ice. Like he just reads routes and lanes and, and passing options. So, so well, um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of turning a franchise around, yeah, I mean, I, I'm of the belief that you need more than just a guy to turn your franchise around, but he certainly gives you a foundational piece where if you have something around them, then by all means, you know, you've got a lot going on there. Like we're talking about Columbus, you know, Columbus has a lot of decent pieces around him, I think already, um, both young and older, not, not that Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine are old, but they're not 20, right? It's, you know, he'll, he'll, Connor Bedard will have, a few really good seasons with those players um, if he's in Columbus. And I think, you know, with those players already there, he's going to fit in just fine. But, you know, I, I don't know. I look at like the Edmonton Oilers and and it took them a long time, even with Connor McDavid to sort of reach that point where it's like, Oh yeah. Like Connor McDavid gave them a big, big boost, but still, you know, it's really hard in hockey to, to win a lot of games. If you just have one guy who plays 20 minutes a night, who's lights out. So I, I like Bedard a ton. I think he's a very clear cut first overall pick. I, I don't, I had some, maybe not doubts, but I thought maybe Adam Fantilli could challenge him a little bit in some areas going into the world junior. But then after seeing him there, I saw a totally other side of Bedard that I just hadn't seen enough of. Um, and it just, again, it's, it really lies in his ability to make plays in the offensive zone, whether it's shooting or or passing, he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but, far more often than not he's on the right side of the game yeah for sure that kind of leads into something that i wanted to to talk a little bit about in terms of if he does end up in columbus we're not saying anything i'm knocking on <laughs> wood right now uh they are currently leading the uh, tankathon standings challenge uh last i last i checked but is he do you think that one you talked a little bit about you're not sure what position he's going to play in the nhl the blue jackets need that top line center you yep. know, it's been years, years since they've had a top line center, maybe even since, you know, Ryan Johansson left in like mm-hmm. 2015. 
that have they have they had a, a top line center? Do you think Bedard could be that? It depend. I think it depends on who he's playing with. I think I think with Bedard, I, one of the things that I think you can critique about him is when he doesn't have the puck and the puck's coming the other way. I think he's a kind of guy where. You know, yeah, if he's in close quarters to someone, his stick checking's really good. He can turn play around. He's got insanely quick turns and edges and can just create space for himself really quickly. But the the it, once the puck's in the defensive end and, you know, you're kind of relying on your centers to be more of a support guy deep in the defensive end and and really sort of moving around and challenging guys high in the zone and collapsing back deep and, and really getting around the defensive end quite a bit. He kind of doesn't disappear, but he, 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 you can tell that he's kind of circling and waiting for a chance to pop up for him to explode up the ice and go for an offensive chance. And, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I mean, I, I think that there is a bit of an argument that it is tougher in the NHL for guys that are five ten, five nine to successfully play center, especially if they don't really have the defensive game there at the at the like the, the defensive intensity but i'm not going to question connor bedard I, I i will not be surprised if columbus goes we're going to try you at center you're going to learn on the job and we'll see how it goes like you're good enough where you know how good you are you know you're going to be able to figure it out if it really isn't working out for you in, at center and, and you and you're getting killed in the defensive end or whatever which i mean last year and this year he has not really been the best defensive player from whenever i've seen him but i don't think you're drafting him to play defense it's going to be a, it's going to be a wait and see you know is he the number one center in columbus i'm sure he could play center but is he going to be better deployed if he was playing center i want him surrounded with guys who do have that full-on defensive intensity that can really bump and grind and like free pucks up for him and then participate in the offense with him. Um, but if he, you know, if, if all else fails and he ends up say on the, on the wing as your first line winger, you know, he was there at the world junior and he did not look uh, at all out of place playing on the wing. He had tons of space to play with. He could, he can use the middle of the ice, even at the wing position. And if Columbus goes out there and somehow acquires another center that they can play in their top six, just get, just get a guy who can chip in defensively and get the puck to Connor Bedard, and I think you'll be fine. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't have a crystal ball uh, at all that says I know what's going to happen, but I would certainly go in and go, all right, let's see if he can play center, if he can cut it at that position in the NHL and give him some time to learn. I don't think Columbus is in a massive rush to get better. Even if they just got a guy like Johnny Gaudreau on a, on a long-term deal, I feel like you know, they'll take a step next year, you know, especially if a guy like Juracek comes up and plays full-time. I feel like they'll take a step, but maybe not be like a contending sort of top-end team. And I feel like that's a good environment for Bedard to sort of try things out, learn some, learn some, you know, make some mistakes, learn some lessons, um, figure out what he can and can't get away with and just keep sort of pushing himself in the right direction. I, I, whether he's a center or not, I think he's going to be electrifying. Um, and I certainly would lean on the side of like trying him there and letting him sort of play his way off of that position if he ever does do that but I, I think he has more than enough talent to to get by and drive really really positive results there yeah in a minute we are gonna talk a little bit more about Connor Bedard with Will but first I've got to tell you about FanDuel because uh, the NFL playoffs are here and we are super excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They've got so many great issues that make betting on sports fun and easy. 
If you're new, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets when you place your first $5 bet. That is five of your dollars, and they will give you $150 for free. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. They've got all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. If you want to put some money on, no, I don't know, the Blue Jackets winning in Edmonton tonight, you can do that at FanDuel on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use, so don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. I feel like that was a lot of Edmonton's issues with, you know, I mean, we talk about McDavid, and then we talk about, you know, before that, there was... Yakupov, there was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, there was Taylor Hall, there was Jordan Eberle. I feel like they were all kind of heralded as the next coming, put a lot of pressure on them, and then when they didn't live up to it, mm-hmm. it's kind of been a it's been a struggle. And I wonder if that could if we could see the same kind of thing happen with Bedard. I feel like there's almost a like a messiah like quality around his his scouting report at the minute of this kid is the best yeah. player that's ever gonna play in the NHL. I wonder it if will that's... be it will be interesting. I th- I think one thing like the thing that I would say to caution people a little like mm-hmm. people are talking a lot about how he played at the World Junior and he was spectacular. Like I'm not going to dispute that he was unbelievably good at that tournament and again, he's undisputedly the number 1 guy. But I also think, you know, would, when he played up against better competition in that tournament, teams like when Slovakia and Czechia were really hammering him hard in those games they were playing the canadian team tight physical tight hockey where it's more nhl like high pace high intensity pin you in your own zone kind of play and bedard was you know bedard scored the overtime winner in that slovakia game of course and that's it was an it was an amazing goal but in that game in general there were some you know it's just he's going to be physically tested and he is speedy he is skilled he has a lot of really positive traits um, I, but also in that tournament, you had teams like Germany and Austria in Canada's group, and he scored, I think, seven points in each one of those games or something, or he had 13 points in those two games. And it, in normal years, like Russia is probably in that group. Belarus is probably playing and Belarus ha- would have a good junior team this year. Um, but for other reasons, they're not there. And that would have, they would have Russia and Belarus would probably have been pushing Connor Bedard around quite a bit as well, especially relative to Germany and Austria. So he scored a ton of points, but the level of competition was weaker than it usually is at that tournament. And I think that there were moments with Bedard where you're going, yeah, I don't think NHL coaches are going to like that you do this very much. Like there were some bad giveaways. There was some overhandling. There was some poor shot selection. But again, he's Connor Bedard. Like I think I think with him, it's he's he clearly exudes a lot of confidence. Like he's the kind of kid where he's like, I, I'm Connor Bedard. Like I know I can do all of these things and I can do them really, really well. And I love that about him. Like he's a he's got a bit of a streak to him where he's got a bit of an attitude, which I love. Um, and I think that he's got that 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 mental sort of resilience to 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 play at a really, really high level. Um, and again, I think like with Edmonton, after a while, it got to be a bit of a meme of like how bad they always were. And they had some very big holes on their roster outside of just the guys that were there to score, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like, 
would you know how would the Edmonton Oilers have turned out if they instead of acquiring Adam Larson had just held on to to Taylor Hall? You know, like would that have helped the Edmonton Oilers sort of move forwards a little bit, a little quicker than they already have? I don't know. But with Bedard, you know, especially if he ends up in a place like Anaheim or Columbus, even Chicago, like I feel like Chicago, you know, the expectations aren't like remarkably high. You know, I, I think I think if I were coaching him, I'd coach him just like I'd, I, he was any other young player, right? Like just go out there, try playing your game, like see where the holes are yourself, like take the time, make mistakes and you learn from them. And, and if you do that long enough, like he's he's probably been through enough media training already over the last three or four years to understand that like social media can be awful and pressure from fans can be awful but i just think that he'll be he'll figure it out i think at the end of the day he'll be fine um again there's never a zero percent chance that a kid kind of struggles for a number of reasons but i just can't i just have a hard time seeing it happen with him but i think with him He's going to be a player where his point production is going to be what's going to be the real hallmark of his game, rather than looking at maybe some of the deeper analytics at both ends of the ice and being like, oh, he's like Patrice Bergeron, where excellent defensive results and tremendous offensive results, even if he only has 80 points, right? Like, I think it's more likely Bedard's going to be one of these 90, 100, 100 plus point guys with 40, 50 goals, maybe more, and maybe has a bit of defensive downside, but you don't care because there's so much offense there to be had. And it's and all of those talents are already there at such high levels that you're gonna you're gonna have a good time if he's on your team for sure. Yeah, for sure. He reminds me a little bit of I think the the skill levels are different and I think the game is different. But he, he's giving like the the impression I get is that he has very similar kind of attitude to Ken Johnson, who has right. confidence to spare. He has been up and down the lineup in Columbus this season and it hasn't really seemed to affect him. You know, and I feel like that's that's kind of the the player that you, that you want to get. And he's again, he's a smaller guy that has maybe kind of been pushed around, mm-hmm. has learned some tough lessons. He's had a lot of welcome to the NHL moments on a very bad Columbus team this season. But if they can get someone like Bedard there, I think you could see a similar trajectory, but just obviously on a on a bigger scale. In a minute, we've got more conversation with Will about Connor Bedard. That's coming up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. Sure. And I think I, I can see where you're coming from with that, because I watched a lot of Ken Johnson before he was draft eligible. And I think I think Johnson might be a bit more of an extreme version, like where there's definitely skill. And, and I think Johnson was a lot more of a playmaker at that time, rather than a guy who, you know, like Bedard, who will take his offensive chances from pretty much anywhere in the offensive zone. Like the amount of times he shoots the puck in a game is just bonkers. Like it's, it's just absurd. He's a one man machine. Like I'm looking at my track data now of all the shot attempts he's on the ice for in Regina, he's taken almost half of them. So he's, he's just out there just whipping pucks from all over the offensive zone. Like his pass attempt numbers are pretty low, but a lot of them are directed at the slot. He's created 60% of his team's shot attempts one way or the other. Like, He's just a machine when it comes to creating shots on net, either for himself or, or line mates. Whereas I feel like Johnson was a lot more of like, a, I'm going to stick handle myself into a problem and figure it out. And, and, there, and, and I mean, I haven't watched that much of Columbus this year. Maybe that's still a thing and I get he's learning, but yeah, I think, I think Bedard does have those moments as well. Um, like I, there was a couple of moments at the world juniors where he would, swing wide along the boards and cut across the blue line in the offensive zone and and be handling the puck the whole way and one little puck bobble here and there and it could be coming the other way you know when there's just a pass that's right there for him to make just to extend 
extend possession a little safer. But those are lessons I think that you learn in the NHL, right? Like there will probably be those moments. And again, like I still think the talent is is really, really, really good. Um, and I think with with Johnson, yeah, like there are some of the same lessons that might need to be learned for Bedard. But I think just the talent profile is stronger, especially when it comes to shooting the puck on net, you know, using skill to find space. John, Johnson would always look for the extra move where Bedard, I think, has a much better sense of like, I'm going to make my move. And then after I make my move is the play I'm going to make is going to be blah. And then he goes out and does it. Whereas Johnson, I think, kind of improvises a lot and like adapts a lot. But I feel like Bedard just goes out there and dictates. It's just sometimes when he dictates, you kind of go, not today. And you can sort of stick check him or or hit him or, or knock pucks off of his stick and just sort of suppress him a little bit. We'll see how it goes. But I I, I love the kid. He's He's a tremendous hockey player. Um, does so many things right, especially once the puck's in the offensive zone. And I mean, there's a lot, a lot of teams I think are going to really try to get him this year. It seems. Yeah, for sure. So what I, what I'm hearing about Connor Bedard is we should maybe temper our expectations just a tiny bit, but I would always be urge wishing that. For that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wishing like, for I would first overall. I would always urge people to like temper your expectations for a 17 year old hockey oh, player. For sure. I just, I feel you like know, this year more than any other year, maybe even yes. since the McDavid Matthews kind of duo draft years have been, this kid is perfect. This kid is incredible. This kid is the best player. And I was like, he can't, I know he's good. Like, he can't possibly be that good at 17. It, and the answer is yeah. maybe he's that good, but Columbus well, has ex- been burned before. <laughs> He's extremely good. Yeah. Like he, 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 I have no concerns about him becoming a very, very good NHL hockey player. Like a lot of people have asked me a lot, like, who would you compare him to? Like, who is he like in the NHL? And my answer is always, he's not like anyone. Like he's like, it's like saying who's Connor, Bedard, who's Connor McDavid like before Connor McDavid gets drafted. It's like, well, no, he's Connor McDavid. Like he goes out there and takes the puck from the goal line in his own end to the goal line in the offensive zone at like 45 miles an hour. And he will stick handle at high pace at that speed and go through your defense and get a scoring chance. He will do that at faster than anyone in the world. Bedard, I think Bedard is kind of up that alley, but maybe isn't quite at the same level as McDavid. Could he get there? Sure, absolutely. But it's just a different flavor of a similar kind of thing. Like McDavid was a lot more of a balanced sort of two-way guy. Like there was a good shot there, but he tended to be a lot more of a playmaker. Nowadays, that's kind of shifting a little bit with Matthews, for example, like Matthews is a big, powerful skater, really incredible shooter, smart shooter. You know, he can put it five hole. He can put it, you know, top shelf. He can put it under a goalie's arm. Like he knows how to beat a goalie. And I think that's kind of what makes him him special. And his defensive game has kind of improved quite a bit over the last few years. But all these players are like extremely high level NHL players with sort of their own unique profiles of what they do super, super, super well. So with Bedard, you know, I, I see him as almost like, you know, take Connor McDavid, dial back the speed, like, and size a, a smidge and add like shooting talent, you know, like, the, like Bedard, I've seen Bedard score goals in ways that I, I haven't seen other junior players score goals, even Connor McDavid. Right. But I have seen Connor McDavid quarterback rushes and play with speed and skill in combination that he's just a super mutant, right? Like Connor Bedard is a super mutant when it comes to shooting and just knowing multiple ways to create offense and, and just playing a really strong offensive game. And Matthews just has this really interesting blend of like power and shooting ability and skill that is rare. And I think all the, like those types of players all have sort of their own 
archetype they sit in, right? Alex Ovechkin, you know, has his own sort of archetype as well. So with Bedard, you know, again, I'm saying temper your expectations in terms of like, well, I don't think he's going to score 180 points in the NHL, right? Like he's not going to be Wayne Gretzky, but I feel like he'll be an exceptional offensive player um, who's going to fill the net. Like you put him out on your first unit power play day one, basically is what I'm saying. And he's going to score points. Um, it's just going to be a matter of five on five. How is he going to handle the physical pressure? How is he going to handle better defending, right? Like the WHL defending going up to the NHL right away. That's a big jump. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I think he'll figure it out. And I think regardless of the team that drafts him, um, they'll put him in a position to be successful offensively for sure. Yeah, I'm obviously I want him in Columbus. Like that feels like the the obvious, but I, I'm <laughs> super excited to see no matter where this kid goes, I think. He's going to be, you know, like, I still get excited watching Conor McDavid highlights. And he's been oh, in the yeah. league for, like, what, eight years now? You know, yep. it feels like it's very much going to be that kind of thing of, look what Conor Bedard did tonight. And it was, mm. you know, just incredible. But yeah. we want him on, I say we, we want him on Columbus. Um, <laughs> I think we deserve it. Really? Um, we've I can't, had a very I can't imagine. <laughs> and we're not Chicago. So. Yeah. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be breaking down tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, hopefully we'll be breaking down a win, but I'm not super convinced. Either way, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked Up Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. If you haven't hit subscribe over there, then please feel free to do so. Like I said, it helps you out. You get notified when episodes go live. It helps me out because I get to enjoy watching that subscriber number go up and up. And uh, I love when everybody wins. So uh, please hit subscribe on YouTube. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.